0: So Rogers Communication, uh, their takeover of Shaw Communications, has been given approval. The final sign-off came this morning from Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne. This is Canada's two telecom giants. It's worth $26 billion, including the debt. And it goes back to March of 2021 when it was first announced and it's gone through all kinds of stops and starts. In the end, here's what it looks like. Um, Freedom Mobile, which was owned by Shell, and trans- uh, will be transferred to Quebecor's Videotron, uh, along with the wireless spectrum, um, because Videotron wants to expand and become a national network. Uh, the industry minister said this morning that his approval comes with a bunch of conditions. I have secured a unprecedented and legally enforceable set of commitments from both Bodger's and videotron and after imposing strict conditions the licenses from freedom mobile will be transferred to videotron these conditions and enforceable commitments should not be taken lightly there are 21 of them in total yeah and there's some stiff penalties fines of up to a billion dollars for rogers should they not follow the conditions that have been laid out. Now, the part here that I think a lot of people are wondering about is it's all about competition. You're going to increase competition. Um, and Rogers and Shaw say this will enhance competition, which will make it better for consumers. And the minister agrees. I will ensure that a new fourth national player can go toe-to-toe with the big three and actually drive down prices. Okay. Now, not everybody agrees with that. I mean, this is what it comes down to is we know in this country we pay more for this service than just about anybody else on the planet. And is this going to make it better? Ultimately, that's what the question should be and always has been when it comes to cell service. There's other components, but I think that's what everybody's talking about primarily today. We're going to speak now with Professor Michael Geist, an internet law professor at the University of Ottawa who's followed this uh, well right back from the beginning of it. Professor, thanks for being here this morning. I appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So the final uh, form of this deal, permutation, if you will, you don't like it, right? No, I don't. And I think you frankly framed
1: it exactly right. At the end of the day, you can wave contracts in the air and, and talk about how you're going to get tough. But the reality is the core question is what is it going to mean for competition and pricing? And I don't think you end up with more competition by by reducing the number of competitors in the marketplace. And that's what we've seen take place in Canada over the last number of of months, part of it precipitated by this merger,
0: and and that's the question. We're actually seeing two companies become one. And okay, Videotron's picking up um Shaw Freedom and 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 the wireless spectrum. But ultimately, we don't have an extra player in the field. The minister though says that Videotron will grow to that, will become a fourth player. I mean, is that possible, Professor?
1: Well, certainly, you know, that they've been a player in Quebec, and obviously they're going to have some assets now in some other markets. So they they will take on a greater role. But I think we need to take a look at the market as a whole and recognize that we've seen, as part of it precipitated by this merger, a, a, an almost elimination of many of the independent providers that have been in place. We are seeing now a, that consolidation that you were just talking about. And so it's hard to be optimistic. In fact, I think the minister knows deep down that there are real problems, because beyond the the talk about penalties, he also said he's now putting a freeze on transferring further licenses, Mm -hmm. essentially closing the barn door once the horses are out, saying, now that I've approved the merger, I'd like not to see any more of these kind of mergers come forward. Because we know that at the end of the day, these mergers are very unlikely to result in increased competition. Um, In fact, the opposite. And so the minister says, well, you know what, if prices don't come down, well, then I'm going to get really tough and start, uh, there may be other measures I might have. If there are other things he could be doing now and could have been doing to address these issues, it, it, it's hard to understand why he hasn't been doing them.
0: You know, if you take a look at it, he's approved the deal. And, and like I say, this is, it's taken two years to get to this point, and there's been a lot of opposition along the way. Not a lot of people have been in favor of this. If you go back to the competition tribunal, um, they their final conclusion on this, they said it's not likely to result in higher prices, and they're satisfied that it was adequate to ensure that competition isn't substantially reduced. Those are not glowing endorsements, Professor. That's not saying, oh, this is going to help. They're saying, it might not hurt that much.
1: Well, I mean, that's interesting. So, you know, the the fact that Tribunal even got involved comes out of the fact that the Competition Bureau, which is charged with looking at these issues, they did not want to see this go ahead. Uh, Parliamentary Committee that looked at these issues did not want this to go ahead. As you suggested, it is not a popular deal. I don't think uh, the consumers of these companies are very happy to see this take place either. Tribunal has what I think many strike, uh, strikes many as a low standard in terms of Um, about what the ultimate effect on competition is. They ultimately did give give the go-ahead, but, you know, that's why you've got a minister who's in a position to say, listen, I control, it's ultimately my decision, I've got the power to do this, by virtue of the fact the license transfers fall within my powers, within my domain. And so Champagne and the government, were at the end of the day, they were the ones that were in a position to take on those considerations that were coming from elsewhere. And I thought he signaled for from, from now months that this was the likely outcome, buries it on a Friday to, with two weeks off in Parliament, and hopes that the issue... Largely goes away.
0: Where do you think this will take us? Into, you know, I mean, we've got all these rules that are in place, and hey, if you don't follow along and you breach any of these conditions, there's we're talking about billion dollar penalties here. Ultimately, where do you think we are as we go down the road from this merger? Well, you know, I think there may be a bit of
1: a honeymoon period. I don't think we're going to see prices spike in the short term. And obviously, there is a period of time where there are some conditions on this. But let's, let's recognize that these are sectors that look in timelines that go well beyond even the 10 years that the minister is talking about. And the idea that, that you know some unknown government and unknown minister 10 years from now is going to look at the fine print of a deal and decide, well, I'm not sure if they've been compliant. I'm going to do something about this strikes, I think, many as incredibly... Unlikely. You know, these companies are willing to trade off a bit of short term pain for the long term gain of less competition. We've seen that in Canada again and again and again. And
0: somehow we just keep seeing that same movie play out yet again. And here it is. Can you manufacture a competitive environment or is that something that grows? organically when, um, you know, different investors and different developers and different companies see an opportunity in the market? Can a government actually create competition to fix this problem?
1: Yeah, that's a great, con- that's a really good question. And, and
0: I, I do think
1: that the, the legislation and the regulations that we have in place do have an impact. So there are some ways to do that. You know, for one, opening up your market to foreign competitors, if it's an attractive Mm -hmm. enough market, that's one way to bring in more competitors in the marketplace. And we had restrictions, I think, for too long in the marketplace about some of those foreign entrants, which really solidified the position of the big three. You can use different kinds of regulations that try to incent the creation of some of the independent players so that they can kind of piggyback into the market processes known as things like mobile virtual network operators, where they run on some of the same networks, pay pay wholesale rates, but have the ability to inject some greater competition. And yet we haven't seen those kinds of things move forward in 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 any serious way. In fact, if anything, we've seen some significant step back over the last number of months is, you know, basically there's been a gobbling up of many of these independent players. yeah. And so that that whole approach for competition is, is almost now been eliminated.
0: I'm wondering, uh, you know, one of the things we often hear when we talk about the reason we don't have more competition in this country is because we're so big, our population is so low, it's not economically feasible for, you know, some of those outside competitors to come in. I mean, just to build the infrastructure costs too much. So part of the deal that was announced today is this new giant has to spend five and a half billion dollars expanding the network in canada and a billion dollars for rural remote and indigenous communities could that change the landscape when it comes to self-service in canada because that's one of the problems that always comes up is the fact that it's so hard to build the network this forces a commitment in that area
1: well, listen, uh, rogers had put some of that kind of commitments on the table two years ago uh, and the reality is that all these companies invest with 5G, and as the new networks come on board, uh, new technologies come on board. There are investments there. That that that's that's basic table stakes. I don't think that's a particular game changer. And for those that think it's all about the geography of Canada, take a look at the prices in Australia, which has some of the same kinds of. Uh, geographic densities as Canada has, and yet they opened up their market. They've got other competitors. You walk out of the airport there and you, are, you, you find yourself with a whole series of different competitive choices and prices that are far lower than what Canadians experience.
0: Yeah, if you travel and you look into that, you know there's just a multitude of options, so much cheaper than we pay here. Uh, last one, and I'll let you go, and I appreciate your time. Champagne says in part of this deal, if prices do not materially lower, I don't know if you put a number on it, but if prices do not come down, he threatened to seek more legislative powers to force companies to offer Canadians better deals. Do you put any stock in that? Not at all. <laughs> you know,
1: this was this was basically I'm going to threaten you that I'm going to threaten you again, and you know, at that point in time, I suspect he will threaten yet again. Um, you know, it, it's empty. If at the end of the day, when you had an opportunity to take a strong position and make a clear statement about where you stood on competition, you blinked, and um, it's. I don't think that the companies. He keeps talking about how the companies are paying attention to what he's saying. I think they're paying attention to what he's doing, and they know that uh, that the decisions that he's made really open the door to
0: less competition, not more. Professor Geist, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you being here.